Welcome to Capital Cashflow, teaching you how to safely invest your capital into cash flowing assets. Here is your host, Abraham Anderson. Welcome to Capital Cashflow, show 25. This is your host, Abraham Anderson. Today, we're going to talk about how to properly do an eviction. Now, if you're watching this in 2020, there is currently a moratorium on certain kinds of evictions in the U.S. However, I'm going to talk about this at the end because it's not as all-encompassing as you might think. So we're going to start off here with a quote. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. The best way to do an eviction is to avoid it altogether. And how you would do that is by properly screening your resident, having the proper checks in place, and just making sure you do diligence on them before you let them in the property. And we did a podcast on that. It was episode 23, so definitely check that out. But let's say you did all of that, and for whatever reason, they just went bad. We're going to walk through the steps here of how to get them removed from your property. So again, back to the proper screening of it. When you install them on your property, you want to make sure you're using a proper lease. That can be the difference from an eviction that takes 30 days and that takes three months. If you're using the wrong lease, it can be a nightmare. And worse is no lease at all. So make sure you're using a correct lease. What I recommend is calling your state mobile home association. Every state except for Hawaii has one. They usually have a copy of a lease and I would be glad to send you the one I use. Now it is state specific. It's not going to work in every state because states have different laws, but I would be glad to send it over to you. There are pieces of information that would be good in most states. I will give out my email at the end if you would like that. But make sure you're using a good lease. Have an attorney review a lease that you get and that you can get them out as quickly as possible. So I'm going to go over broadly what the process looks like. Again, it's different in every state, um, but it's pretty consistent throughout. So in our case, we give residents until the 20th before we file eviction. And this is what this looks like. They owe the rent on the first of the month. They have a five-day grace period, so they can pay it all the way up until the fifth of the month without a late fee. Most of your residents will pay on the fifth. So if you just took over a property and it's the second of the month or the third and no one's paid, don't be panicked. <laughs> In their mind, it's really just due on the fifth, and that's pretty common. So they've got until the fifth. Now on the sixth, they get a late fee. I recommend charging the most that your state will allow. It's not about the money. I really truly would do not care about receiving late fees. The purpose is to make an incentive for your resident to pay on time. You absolutely have to be charging these though as to have the incentive. Otherwise everyone will pay late and eventually they'll just get evicted. So you know, the goal is not to get rich off these late fees. It's just to give them an incentive to pay the rent on time like everyone else. On the 6th, they get a late fee. And what we do is 
have your manager go to the resident with the form, knock on their door, say, hi, see you haven't paid rent this month. I was coming by to give you this notice here. Um, what's going on? You know, When do you expect to get that paid? Just be friendly about it. And they'll say, oh, I, I'm going to have it paid on the 10th here. That's when I get my next paycheck. Have your manager make a note of this. Then on the 10th, have them call them back up or go back out and say, hey, you know, uh, it's the 10th. Better to do it on the phone. Tell them it's the 10th. Um, make sure you get the rent in today. would hate for you to get evicted. You know, eviction date's on the 20th is when we file. And just keep that conversation going. Usually, most of those who pay late end up paying before the eviction's actually filed. And it really helps to have this open line of communication to figure out what's going on. Now, the, what you don't want to happen is the manager goes there, you go there, knock on the door, nothing. No answer, just completely ignoring you. Usually those are ones that are going to get evicted. And that's unfortunate. It's one of your not-so-fun duties as a property owner. But another tip on our notices, and I'd also be glad to send you that as well and send you a photo of the kind we use. We print them on bright pink slips of paper. One side has the legal notice saying how much they owe, when it's due, when eviction is filed. The other side says in big bold letters, September rent is past due. And this notice serves two purposes. One, it's the legal notice. But two, what we do if they don't answer the door, we can't talk to them. We will post the legal notice on the door so no one could read it. But the other end of it, everyone can read September rent is past due. And what this does is it also is like a social tactic to where the residents don't want to pay late because they don't want everyone to see that they've paid late. We've had people call us and say, hey, I just paid the rent. It's, you know, it's almost midnight on the 5th. I paid the rent. Please don't put that pink slip on my door. <laughs> so it's just another reminder for them to get the rent paid. And it's pretty effective. So I would recommend doing that as well. Print them on those pink slips of paper. You can get them at Staples or Amazon or anywhere. Now, then what happens, let's say the 10th rolls around. They don't answer. They haven't paid still. What we do is on the 16th, we give them a three-day pay or quit notice. This is a much more stern worded letter that says you've got three days to pay the rent and the late fee or you're going to get evicted. And what happens when they get evicted is now you don't not just have the rent and the late fee, but you have the eviction and possibly the attorney's costs as well. So what started out as maybe $300 in lot rent, when you add on the $30 late fee and you add on the $250 filing fee and the $250 attorney's cost, now you're looking at you know close to $1,000 for what was originally only $300. So you remind the residents of this and of the, the fees and everything involved as they pay late and especially also when they first move in just so they know what's going on. And what just talking about evictions in general, you have you have to do them. It's not fair for everyone else that's living there to pay rent when this person doesn't. And in fact, if you don't treat everyone the same and file evictions on everyone the same, you're violating fair housing by doing that. So we treat everyone equally. Like I said, it's not fair for person A 
to have to pay rent on time for in person B not and then not have to pay a late fee or not get evicted. So you have to do these because otherwise what's going to happen is word will get out because all the tenants talk to each other. Word will get out that, hey, you don't file evictions. You don't collect late fees. And everyone will stop paying rent. You'll have almost everyone in the park just up and stop. They'll all start paying late. And you're just setting them up for failure when you eventually do have to evict them. They've gotten so far behind because they're two or three months behind that they'll never get, up, get caught up there. So just keep that in mind. Now, if you've never filed an eviction before, I would recommend having an attorney do it for you the first time around. Then what you can do is keep all the documentation that he used and going forward you can do them yourselves. One step back here, let's say the 20th rolls around, you haven't filed the eviction yet, they're not going to pay. One last thing that I would recommend doing, if they own the home, Go to them and see if you can work something out where you buy the home from them. They move everything out and they give you the title within a certain period of time. That's known as cash for keys. You can also do it with rental homes. But the reason I bring this up is if you look at, let's just take a tenant-owned home, for example. Let's say he, someone just runs off in the middle of the night, leaves their home there. You have no title to it. You don't own it. They're not going to come back. They're not paying rent. To get an abandoned title, to go through that process, depending on your state, it can take anywhere from three to six months to get title to that home. During that time, you're getting no lot rent. You're getting no home rent. And you're having to pay the fees to get the title, which can be a few hundred dollars. So if you look at it in this way, it's, you're, you're in it for a couple thousand dollars. Now also, let's say you're evicting someone and they're just going to run off and leave the home. Well, if they run off, you can be sure that a lot of them are going to bust through all the windows, punch a hole in the wall, take all the appliances, doing all this because you're evicting them. Think about the cost to repair all that. It could be several more thousand. So if you look at if you have to actually evict someone that owns their home, and then go around and get title to it and fix it back up. You're looking at minimum three to five grand when you count all the lost rent and the repairs. So you're way money ahead if you can go to that resident and work something out to buy the home from them and get the title. Now this is very important. You do not give them any money until they're completely cleaned, cleared out of there. They've cleaned the place. They give you the keys. You have the manager go in there immediately change all the locks. Have them sign something there saying they're giving you possession. Then you give them the money and then you wave happy and they, we go on your merry ways. It is definitely an ego thing and it's painful to turn around and give somebody a thousand dollars or so for their home when they owe you rent. When they owe you money, you're turning around and paying them. But you just have to look at it as a business transaction. It's a business. It's not an emotional thing. Money you're getting versus money you're losing. You have to make what's the best decision for your business, especially if you've got investors. What are you going to do when you have the investor call? Well, yeah, I know our numbers are down, but this tenant made me really mad, so I want, wanted to go ahead and stick it to him and evict him. Um, we could have bought the home, and that would have been less expensive overall, but I really wanted to show him what for. <laughs> so just do what's best for your business.
And a lot of times, especially in this climate, cash for keys is a better route than evicting them. Let's say they won't talk to you. Or for whatever reason, you can't go that route or don't want to go that route. You file the eviction. You get a court date out in the future. When the court date arrives, the night before, make sure you have everything laid out. You want to have all your documentation. The lease, the transaction history, any rule violations, any photos, all of this together. Speak with your attorney if you have one. Make sure they're going to show up. They, they should be there. You're paying them. Then you show up to court. They do typically, they go through the docket, verify you're there, and you wait for your turn. Now, if they don't show up, you automatically win. Hooray! <laughs> but usually, it's about 50-50. It just depends on your state and where you're at, but... Most of the time they don't show up. In my case, it seems like most of them do show up. So I'm not sure if that's just where I'm at or uh, for whatever reason. But you both get a chance to speak to the judge. Talk respectfully. Refer to him as your honor. Tell them you want possession of the home. You're evicting for non-payment of rent or whatever it may be. The judge will talk to the other side. Then you'll get a judgment. And I've never lost an eviction, and I've had to do a lot of them, probably close to a hundred, because I used to manage other people's property as well. As long as you've got all of your documentation together and you've done everything properly, you should not have any issue at all. Now, one thing that I, this will help you, rapport with the court matters a lot. And what that means is you want to be on good terms with all the judges, the clerks, everything else. And there's a couple ways you can do that. One thing is, if you ever file an eviction and the people get caught up, don't just not show up. Call and withdraw that eviction because you don't want to be known as the person that just files stuff and never shows up. They don't like that. Another thing you can do is, usually after you get the eviction, they have a certain number of days to vacate. In Tennessee, it's 10 days. I always tell the judge, Your Honor, I'm wanting possession. However, if they will pay all the back rent, late fees, attorney's fees, court costs, all of that, if they'll pay it before the 10 days is up, I'm fine to let them stay. They really seem to like that a lot because it shows that you're not just trying to kick people out of their homes. You are just wanting to get the rent. As we've talked about, it's not fair that they don't have to pay when everyone else does. So keep that in mind. So then what happens is you get the judgment and the days pass. If let's say you get they have 10 days, if eight days has passed and they're still there, call the court, tell them that they will get the sheriff to come out on the 10th day to remove them from the home. Then what happens again depends on your state, but usually you have to store their items for 30 days. It doesn't have to be in the home. You can get a storage unit or a shed or anything. Just keep them somewhere secure for 30 days. After 30 days, anything you want to keep or sell, you can after, or just throw it away. Most of the time it's just old clothing or old food or <laughs> you can imagine. Oh, you can imagine. <laughs> What's important on this step is once you do go in the home, Take photos of everything, even film it if you can, that's better. 
In some situations, you'll have residents come back and claim, hey, I had a an antique uh, uh, Leonardo da Vinci painting in there, and you, you stole it from me, and I want it back, and you owe me $50,000 or something. So just make sure you're filming and documenting all of this because you don't want to get in that situation. Then what happens after that time is up? Clean out the home, and you don't have to wait for the 10 days. You don't have to wait for the 30 days to be up for you to clean it out. Put it somewhere else. Clean out the home. Change the locks. Get it sold, hopefully, or rent it out to somebody again, and move on. Like I said, it's not a very fun process, but the good thing about mobile home parks versus apartments are you have much fewer people getting evicted if they own the home and they're just paying lot rent. It's much more stable than apartments or park-owned homes where you're renting them the home or, I would assume, other forms of real estate. From what I've seen and from my own personal experience, it's much more stable, much fewer evictions than apartments for sure. Now, back to the CDC. Like I said, if you're watching this outside of 2020, you can just stop this part. <laughs> but otherwise, I was going to cover what this eviction moratorium means. So, evictions can continue business as normal until they give you the declaration, which is the CDC puts it out stating they've been affected five different things that they'd be homeless if they got evicted that they're going to try to make rent payments all these different things if they sign this and give it to you and you are evicting them for non-payment of rent you have to cease now don't withdraw the eviction call up the court say you need this reset until january or whenever their earliest date is in 2021 otherwise you'd have to refile all over again pay all the fees and all of that so just reset it if that does happen we've only had one person out of 632 that this has happened with. Now otherwise, like I said, it's business as usual. You can file evictions for any reason just like it normally is. However, also, if it's an eviction for other than non-payment of rent, the CDC declaration is not applicable at all. For example, if they have unauthorized people living there and it's in your lease about this and you can evict because of that, or if they have an unauthorized pet, you can file evictions for these reasons and it's just like it is normal. Um, so that's another reason why you really need to be using a proper lease because you want to have violations in there. The main thing is just so they follow the rules, but if they break the rules, that you want to be able to evict for that. And another thing is... In general, some states are much, much easier than others to do evictions. There are landlord-friendly states and there are tenant-friendly states. A tenant-friendly state would be somewhere like California, I've heard. No, I know people out there that own rentals. It can take six months to a year to evict somebody out there. Similar in New York State. So you want to own property in landlord-friendly states then you there's much more property rights. You can get them out quicker, all of these things. So just keep that in mind as you're looking at parks to buy. Depending on where you live, you may not want to own in your own backyard. You know, I've heard California's very beautiful. I wouldn't mind living there, but I wouldn't want to own rentals there. <laughs> now, if you 
would like a copy of the lease we use or three-day notice or the, the late notice, email me, abraham at capitalcashflow.com. I'd be happy to share it with you. Also, if you found this helpful, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps the show. It helps us get on other guests. And until next time, make it happen. Thank you for listening to Capital Cash Flow. For more resources and information on investing with us, find us on social media or at capitalcashflow.com.